Good morning. Today is Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. There is a famous, very difficult question in these Torah portions that we're learning now, especially our Parsha, Vayigash, but it relates to last week's Parsha as well. And that is, once Yosef is brought out of prison, and he is made the second most important person in all of Egypt. Why doesn't he contact his father? Now, he didn't know what his brothers told Yaakov about what happened to Yosef, which was obviously not the truth. He didn't know that they told Yaakov that Yosef had been killed as a favorite son. Doesn't he realize what his continued silence must be doing to his father? The continued pain and the suffering that his father went through? Initially, when he got to Egypt, he was a slave. He was a prisoner. Perhaps he was unable. Perhaps he was not free and, and, and independent to be able to contact his father. But once he was free, once he was powerful, how could he not contact his father? So there are many answers to this question. Permit me to share with you one answer based on the insight of Rabbi Yoel bin Nun. And it is an answer that has particular relevance for us today. Yosef is sold by his brothers into slavery. He becomes a slave in Egypt and then a prisoner. And for years, Yosef sits alone. No friends, no family, his mind endlessly rehashing what happened, what brought him to this state. Alone, in the dark, suffering, our anxiety overwhelms us and we start to question and fear everything. Why hasn't Yaakov come looking for me? Yosef must have thought to himself. He didn't know that Yaakov thought that his son Yosef was dead. Why did Yaakov send me alone? Yosef thought to himself as a 17-year-old boy. To go find my brothers shepherding their flocks. Didn't Yaakov realize how jealous of me the other brothers were? Didn't he realize how much they hated me? Didn't he realize how much danger he was putting me into with this mission he sent me on? Why did he send me? Or maybe... Yosef speculated. Yaakov did know. Perhaps Yaakov was part of the plot. 
Perhaps his brothers had convinced Yaakov that Yosef was too arrogant, too spoiled, and the family would be better off without him. Yosef did not contact Yaakov because he feared that Yaakov wanted him dead or at least gone. Now we know that that is not only false, but preposterous. We know that. But that's what happens with fear and anxiety and loneliness in the dark. We imagine the unimaginable. We imagine the absolute worst. And this fear, this anxiety ate away at Yosef even after he was free. Even later when he had married and had a son, the Torah tells us, Vayikra Yosef as Shem HaBachar Menashe. Yosef called the name of his firstborn son Menashe, Ki Nashani Elohim es Kol Amali, God helped me forget all my suffering and help me forget my father's house. Because it was too painful to remember what he thought his brothers and especially what he feared his father had done to him. And even when his brothers appear in last week's Torah portion, searching for food, and he recognizes them, though they, though they do not recognize him, he expresses no mercy to them, no compassion, though they and their families at home, including his father, are starving. He treats them harshly with a bitterness built up over more than 20 years of festering suspicion and hate until our Parsha, the Parsha Vayigash, when Yehuda says these words, standing with the youngest brother, Binyamin, who is the only full brother to Yosef. And Yehuda says these words to this person in command. It's really Yosef. Yehuda says, Vayomer avadecha avi oleinu, our father said to us, in talking about his reluctance to bring the youngest son, Binyamin, to Egypt, our father said to us, You know my wife bore me two sons, referring to Yosef and Binyamin. One was taken from me, killed. I will live the rest of my life in agony. 
At the moment the Yehuda quotes those words of their father Yaakov, at that moment Yosef realizes two things. Number one, over 20 years later, Yehuda and the other brothers were willing to sacrifice themselves to protect their brother Binyamin, which is a complete transformation from how they treated him. And number two, Yosef realizes only at that moment his father never abandoned him, certainly never caused or even wished him harm, but suffered as Yosef suffered every moment they were apart. And that's the moment when Yosef says to them, Ani Yosef, I am Yosef. Ha'od avichai, is my father still alive? But Yosef could not have said those words even a moment sooner because of what he was going through. Because of what had happened to. Thank God I have never experienced anything remotely comparable to this. And I am so blessed that I am not alone and that I am well. Thank God. But even me, when I am up in the middle of the night by myself, sometimes I can't stop my mind from running to the most horrible scenarios, which in the daytime I know to be preposterous. But at night, Alone, we can imagine the worst. And when that happens to me on this tiny, tiny scale, when that happens to me, I think to myself, what must it be like for someone who is alone? What must it be like for someone who is sick? What must it be like for someone who is insecure about their food or their shelter? Someone like Yosef or like many of us, many of those around us even now, way into this, and maybe things are getting better. But there are many around us who are now truly suffering. No less than Yosef suffered all those dark years. Several years ago, there was a remarkable article written by Dr. Dhruv Kular, 
It was written in the New York Times. The title is How Social Isolation is Killing Us. He talks about being in the hospital with people as they pass away, God forbid. And the differences in the experiences between one patient and another, one family and another. Every day I see variations at both the beginning and end of life. The only thing worse than suffering a serious illness is suffering it alone. He writes, since the 1980s, the percentage of American adults who say they're lonely has doubled from 20% to 40%. One recent study found that isolation increases the risk of heart disease by 29% and stroke by 32%. Loneliness can accelerate cognitive decline in older adults. And isolated individuals are twice as likely to die prematurely as those with more robust, robust social interactions. We're about to enter a second winter of COVID. It does appear that, thank God, things are much better. People with the vaccine are in much better shape. The world in general appears to be getting better. Not better yet, but getting better. But even as that is true, this coming winter will be very, very hard for a lot of people, as it was last year. The effects can be as devastating for them as it was for Yosef. But here's the amazing thing. I can't cure COVID. But I and you can help someone feel not alone. And it's so easy. It's a phone call. It's a text. It's a FaceTime chat. It's a Zoom meeting. It's a walk under healthy circumstances. Now, as you well know, we at ADATH have been doing this since the beginning of COVID, making calls, checking in with people, doing errands, helping in any way we can, and we continue to do that. And I know many of you continue to do that. Some people that we call don't want to talk. Some do. Others appreciate simply that someone else cares. Even if they don't respond, even if we just leave a message and they don't call back, someone cares. I am convinced that this effort we and all of us have been doing to help people get through this, this is helping as much as anything else. So as winter approaches, I say to myself and I ask all of us to redouble our efforts. If we are spending 10 minutes a day calling other people and checking in on other people, let's make it 15 minutes a day. The five minutes will not be a harm on our day, 
but it will make a difference in other people's lives. Because this is what we can do. We can help people avoid the trauma that Yosef felt. Imagine if he had a friend who contacted him during that time, who reassured him, you're not alone. Of course your father loves you. It is a misunderstanding. Imagine had he had someone who through those 20 years could have told him that, but he didn't. But we do. And we can do that for each other. And here's the truth. When you save someone else, you will save yourself. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.